You are listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast of New Living Way Church. All right, well, amen. Welcome to Bible study, everybody. Welcome to Bible study. Praise God. Here to study the word of the Lord tonight and looking forward to what the Lord has prepared and what he's bringing forth and, uh, you know, just looking forward to what, you know, just the study of God's word because his word's alive, living and active and just always a blessing and come expecting to hear from the Lord and for him to teach us some things that we may know, some things we may learn and some things that we just need to be encouraged through again to, to be reminded of. Amen. So really looking forward to that. So we'll open up in a word of prayer. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you this day, Father God. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor, and we just thank you, Lord, for another beautiful day and another beautiful night, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for another day of your faithfulness, my God. And Lord, we thank you that that faithfulness continues into the night and into the morning and day by day, Father God. And we just thank you, Lord God, for your mercies, for they are brand new every morning. We thank you for your grace, for it is sufficient, my God. And we thank you, Lord, that you are holy and that you are righteous and that you alone are worthy of all praise glory and honor my god for you are high and lifted up lord jesus and we just thank you father god as lord we come together tonight lord to exalt your holy name father god for lord jesus we look to you lord god the one father god who saved us the one who redeemed us the one who died for the sins of the world my god and rose again on the third day that we may all have life lord god and that we may have a relationship with you father through your son our lord jesus christ by the faith and belief that we have in your son and what he did for us, Lord. And Father, we just thank you this day, Father God, because Lord, you didn't leave us alone, my God, but you gave us your Holy Spirit, my God. Father, and we just thank you tonight, Lord God, because Lord, it is by your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that you teach us, Lord, that you instruct us, that you guide us and lead us, Lord God. That Father God, Lord Jesus, you strengthen us and encourage us, Lord God, and that Father God, Lord, it is your Holy Spirit, my God, that helps us to have your mind, Father God, above our own thoughts and our own ways and understanding, Lord God. So tonight, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord God, as we come together, Father, for Bible study tonight. Teach us, Lord God, according to your word, my God. And Father, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, as you show us and give us examples tonight, Father God, through your word and through Father God, Lord Jesus, who you wrote about and who was written about, my God. So we just thank you tonight, Heavenly Father. We thank you for this time. We thank you, Father God, Lord Jesus, just for the very breath that we breathe, my God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are faithful, my God. And Lord, we just trust you tonight, my God, as Father God, Lord Jesus, we know that, Father, there, Lord, we all have different things, my God, that, Lord, are and just we need to be in prayer about, my God. But thank you, Lord, that we know that you hear us. And you answer us according to your will and purpose, Father God. So we just thank you tonight, Heavenly Father, as we just come together, Lord, in trusting you and just thank you for your word as you teach us and guide us and lead us tonight, Lord. We love you and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you all for joining us online there. We do see Sister Rosalind and Brother Bobby and, and Myra with us, Sister Myra as well. So praise God for that and all of us here today. And uh, just grateful to the Lord that we can be able to come together. Um, for those that are watching online, feel free during the service to put your prayer request up there. And uh, we do we do pray for those at the end of, uh, of the Bible study. So feel free to do so at any time during the service. And uh, we'll definitely lift those up in prayer tonight as well. Um, but praise God, another day here. So just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, this Friday, we are having prayer uh, here in the Annex Room. Uh, Friday night, we will be in earnest prayer. And uh, we'll be coming together to to seek the Lord and to seek the Lord for, you know, for deliverance in certain areas and just healing and just seeking him. And, and just, you know, those things that we, you know, that as he brings us together on Friday night, 
um, as the Lord leads, as the Lord wills, you know, just want to seek his perfect will in everything that we do. So praise God for that. And, and uh, for those that are able to join us, praise God will be here. For those that may be praying throughout the day, throughout the night, or maybe joining us from home or just any time of that day, just encourage you just to take that time and seek the Lord and just earnestly pray, you know, for however the Lord and whatever, whoever or whatever the Lord places upon your heart to earnestly pray and to seek the Lord. And, you know, we're going to be learning a little bit more about that tonight as uh, we continue in this chapter of chapter 12. That's where we got this this earnest prayer from. Amen. So looking forward to that as well. And then Sunday morning service at 915, we have the uh, morning prayer in the morning with the word that comes forth and uh, prayer in God's word and also our 1045 service, which we look forward to coming together and praising God together through music and through, you know, through our, our, our giving through just our fellowship and just the love for one another and also with the with the hope and expectation of the Lord just to be God and, and to draw those in that don't know him and for that the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ to continue to go forward and bring life and give life to those that are that are lost today. Amen. So we're just seeking God in that and then just grateful to the Lord that there is a, the message is still going forth. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So um, what's it called? So we're going to be getting ready to get started tonight. And uh, we do see here that Brother Tom and Sister Julie have joined us as well online. So we do see you guys there. Amen. Well, praise God. So um, let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 12. And we will be looking at verse 12 through 17 tonight. We're, uh, we're not finished uh, with the uh, book of Acts yet. We still have one, a couple more verses next week to close up chapter 12. So we're kind of like right there. But we're in Acts chapter 12, verse 12 through 17. Amen. And Sister Chris just joined us as well. Praise God. <laughs> so Acts chapter 12, verse 12 through 17. We'll turn over there. And I'll wait to hear an amen that everybody's there. <laughs> amen. Amen. So Acts chapter 12, verse 12 through 17. And uh, we're going to look at, uh, we're going to read it through and then we'll come back and we'll start to to break some things down and, and, and take a look at some things that we're going over tonight. So it says here in verse 12, it says, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Amen. So this is the scripture tonight that we will be going through. And the title of tonight's uh, teaching is Tell These Things. And it's taken from that last verse where he says, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Amen. So this was something to be shared, something to, to give a report about. And, you know, he's telling them to share all these things. And him is referring to Peter, the one who was actually delivered, the one who the church was praying for, and the one that while they were praying and while they were doing the things of the Lord and while they were seeking God, you know what? God was doing a work, sent an angel and delivered and delivered Peter. Amen. So praise God for that. So we see this miracle happen here. We see this big, you know, this awesome, 
this awesome thing that just happened. And one of the most important things he tells them is tell them, go tell them these things. Go tell them what happened. Report everything I'm telling you to James and the other apostles, which would be also spread out to everyone else, to us even today. We're hearing the message. We're hearing the good news of what happened through this time. So I want us to kind of look at something today because, you know, it, it has to do with prayer. It has to do to, with answered prayer. How many of us love answered prayer? <laughs> Amen. It's just, I mean, what is, what is answered prayer? I'll just throw this out there. Um, what does answered prayer do for you? Like what, what happens to you when your prayer is answered or prayer you've been praying for someone or something or yourself or what, what happens? Like what comes to mind for you when that happens? Joy. Joy. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? It's when you come into that place and God just, you know, what came through, you know, overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And <laughs> unbelief. Okay. That, that's good. Okay. No, no, but that's that's a good example. No, it's that's a good example and a good way of putting it. You know, it's just like yeah, that that wow factor, that you know, like you said, it's like, I can't believe it. You know, it's like I can't believe it's not butter. You know, it's it's just, it's, it's that it's that wow factor too. Amen. Uh, Sister Karen put on here encourages our faith, and I agree, it does encourage our faith and it helps us to grow in faith because you're like, oh wow, you know, it gives us that strength that we need many times, like you know, especially when we're not seeing any changes, we're not seeing any answers, and we find ourselves in a place that becomes hard. It's like, man, you know, I just, Lord, I need something right now, you know? And, you know, then you just, you, he starts to, and many times he's already answered. We know he's answered our prayers through Jesus Christ. We know that we have what we need from him, but sometimes it's just like, we don't even realize the answer is there. You know, like Nancy said, you know, sometimes I forgot I even prayed about that, you know, or something like that, you know, but then he reveals and shows, no, look, I mean, look where you're at today. Look at, you know, what I'm doing in your life. And it's just like, you know, then you realize, like, man, this is something I was praying for. You know, like, I, I, I think I talked to my mom a while back that she had brought up, you know, many years ago that, you know, one of the things that she always prayed and she it took her some time to really realize it was that she was praying for her kids to come to know the Lord, to come and serve Jesus. You know, and then one day it just hit her like, wow, Lord, you answered my prayer. You know, my son is serving you, my, you know, my daughter-in-law, my, their family you know, my, you know, now my, you know, what's it called? My, my sister and her husband and, you know, another sister coming in, you know, we know she's coming and, you know, but the Lord's working in her life. So it's just like, it's an amazing place to know that, you know, over so many years, it's answered prayer, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, we, we find ourselves in that place, but again, it's, it's that place of there's just different, you know, any, anything else, anyone else want to share a little bit on that? To me, prayer is acknowledging God is in control. Amen. Yes. Amen. And that he's the one who has the answer to every prayer, whether it's a yes or no or wait or whatever um, and stuff. But it's knowing that it's through him and his will, whatever is, you know, comes to Yeah. Place. Helps to give us the mind of Christ, right? Helps us to line us up with God's will and <clears throat> being able to accept, you know, what his will may be. You know, maybe that door is not supposed to open and maybe that door is going to open, you know, but it's 
It's whether, you know, it's coming to that place. Well, Lord, but yes, I know you're in control. And I believe that's like one of the, one of the greatest feelings because it's just such a piece that, you know, you can't explain, but amen. That's, that's another way as well. Anyone else? Any thoughts on that? Amen. Um, Sister Karen put on there also tells us that he hears us. So, you know, reminds us that, you know what, God, you are hearing my prayers. Because many times we could have that question like, God, are you hearing me? You know, do you hear me? Are you listening to me? You know, do you, do you, you know, and then when you get that answer, you're like, wow, Lord, you are hearing me. You are listening to me. You know, you, you do hear my prayers. And it's just like, wow, that's, that's awesome as well. So, you know, it's just, it's just something about answered prayer that, you know, and it's a comfort to know that you're in God's will, because if you weren't in his will, if you weren't praying or seeking him, you wouldn't know that it came from him. So Ooh, that's good. His will. And it came to pass as it was something that was going to take place. So that brings comfort and peace. And Amen. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. And that comes from, you know, and we know that he hears us. And we know if we know that he hears us, we know that he answers us according to his will. Wow. His will. You know, and, and that's also a peace and comfort, you know, to let us know, like, all right, Lord, though it doesn't look like I'm on the right track. Or maybe it just is like, man, Lord, this is kind of hard or rough. You know, this was a tough season or but then you find out, but Lord, nevertheless, I'm in your will, you know? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a crazy place to be in because, you know, you see Jesus and he was in the will of God and he went to the cross, but he also rose again on the third day. So that's that's a blessing and that's a, that's a confirmation and a completion of his word, you know? So answered prayer, amazing thing. Amen. Amen. Anyone else, anyone else before we, before we move on a little bit here? Amen. Well, it all comes down to our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. He was on the cross. He did say it was finished. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Amen. He did say it is finished. And so what does that mean? It's finished. He paid it all. Yeah, he paid it all. It's finished. <laughs> so we could look up at the concordance, everything, but his work is finished. He paid it all. He he's the one that at that um satisfied the wrath of God, you know, because without the blood of Jesus, without that perfect sacrifice, we were enemies of God. You know, we were sinners, we were, you know, separated from God. You know, and that was only satisfied in the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that appeased the wrath of God to give us peace with God. And not only just to give us peace with him, but, man, to give us a relationship with him. That is amazing. <laughs> that is so amazing, you know. And and how many of us believe that today? Yeah. Amen. So that that is an awesome thing because that's that's where it starts. It's our belief. It, it comes down to. Like one of the things we do is we pray for people today for salvation, but our prayer is, is that they will believe, right? Because the Bible says that whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart, that they will be saved. So it's, it has to do with believing. You know, Jesus did all these miracles and all these things, but it wasn't about the miracles. It was the fact that they would believe that he is the son of God and that he has the authority to speak as he did, because, I mean, he just spoke with such authority. He said, man, you're not like anyone else. You speak with such an authority. And not only do you speak with authority, but you do with authority. I mean, at the at your word, the, the, the seas and the winds and all the, I mean, who is this? You know, that even the seas and the winds listen to him and obey his command, you know? You know, you're seeing demons being cast out and bowing down and saying, hey, it's not our time yet, you know? It's like, you know, so it, it's, but again, it's believing in who he is. And so, therefore, that was what it took for us, was just to believe, Jesus, you died for my sins, you know, and, and that's what it still takes today. That's our continued relationship, to be reminded of that, Lord, but yet, 
I know that you died for my sins. You paid the price for me. And it's because of that that I have a relationship with you today. You know, so it's it's definitely a blessing. You know, somebody put on, uh, Rosalind put on for trust. You know, definitely, you know, we we learn to trust the Lord. You know, it's like uh, you, sometimes we deal with trust issues. You know, how many people deal with trust issues today? <laughs> yeah, right? It's it's a hard thing, you know? So a lot of times we, we're like that with God and we don't really understand or realize it, but it's not until you start to know the Lord and you start to see his work in your life that you realize, Lord, I can trust you through this, you know, and we start to grow in trust, you know, so it's just, it's, it's definitely a blessing and it definitely, he did pay the price that we could not pay and he took care of that for us. So, you know, that's, that's just an amazing thing, you know, that somebody would do that for us, you know, because imagine somebody comes by and says, Hey, look, I'm gonna pay all your bills. And you're like, Oh man, yeah, we would love that. Right. <laughs> I'm going to pay off your house. I'm going to pay off your car. I'm going to do all this for you. And you're like, yeah. But then at the same time, you're inside of us like, well, what do you want? <laughs> you know, what do you want for that? You know, what am I going to owe you? You know, you know, is this a deal? I mean, what's going on here? You know, we always question the motives because it's hard for us to trust, even when somebody does something nice for you. You know, somebody buy you a cup of coffee or something. Well, what's that for? You know, <laughs> what did you, what's, what's that all about? You know, <laughs> you know, so, okay, maybe it's just me, but. You know, it, it does happen for all of us, right? You're just like, what? You know, if I let these something, she's probably like, why is he buying this? What happened? <laughs> so sometimes. So it's just different things like that. But we could trust the Lord knowing that he did this with joy. Because the Bible says that he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Amen? Amen. Well, we're looking at this today and we're looking at answered prayer here. This is what we're going to look at. But. What I love about this portion of scripture is, is that many times we we look at the Bible and, and we see these like superheroes of the Bible, right? Superheroes of faith. And, you know, we, we see these men and women of God and we're just like, man, you know, why can I be like that? You know, and don't get me wrong. We we learn from them. We see. But through it all, you get to see them all learn. You get to see them grow. You get to see Daniel. You know, we talked about King David. We talked about you know, all the apostles we talked about, you know, right now in the book of Acts, we're seeing the first church, men and women, you know, and and we're looking at all these different people in the Bible. But one of the things that we all have in common is they're all learning. They're all growing. Peter wasn't this Peter when he was walking with Jesus. He betrayed him. He walked away. He denied him. You know, he ran away. I mean, he he, he was one of the, you know, one of the ones that left him that and he said he would be there, you know. We get to see the process of each one of these individuals growing. But reality is, it's not just the individual. It's the church being able to grow through this. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's the works of the Holy Spirit being do, done through the church, the early church here. And it's not the people. The people are still human beings. They're, they're, they're fragile. They're, you know, they have deficiencies. They have things that they're still figuring out and learning. And they have things that God is still teaching them through all of this. And there's a lot still to be done, you know, through this. So when I look at this portion of scripture, I'm like, wow, Lord, they needed you just as much as we need you. They, they had questions and concerns just as much as we do. They had doubts. They had fears. They had questions. And we're going to see that as we look at this portion of scripture and we're going to see it through the response to the answered prayer. And so I read somewhere that somebody put this and I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It says sometimes those that pray the most may be the most surprised when the prayers are answered. 
Because sometimes we could find ourselves just praying and praying and praying so much that sometimes we're the most surprised and those that are praying the most will sometimes be the most surprised that the prayer was answered. And many times we could find ourselves in that place. Like we're, we're praying and we're praying and we're praying because another thing that I read is, do you ever pray because you know you're supposed to, but you don't actually expect God to answer? Have you ever been put in that place to where we're praying because, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. When I tell somebody something or I talk to somebody, what do they tell me? Well, pray. <laughs> Trust the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Pray about it. We always hear pray. But sometimes we don't understand or really know what prayer really is. I mean, we just know, okay, so I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to declare Jesus' name. I'm going to find a scripture and declare the word of God. And that's good. But are we doing it with expectancy? Are we really believing that God is going to answer that prayer? You know, it's like making that phone call. And sometimes you're making that phone call and you're like, man, are they going to answer my call? And then sometimes you're making that phone call and you're like, I hope they don't answer my call. <laughs> you know, you're just, you know, one or the other. But with God, sometimes we, we can find ourselves in a place because maybe we're just, maybe there's trust issues. Maybe there's just, you know, it's heavy. Maybe we're overwhelmed. Maybe it's just, you know, we've been waiting a long time or, you know, we're thinking that God already said no. Well, if it hasn't happened now, it's not going to ever happen. You know, and we find ourselves in such places that many times we can we can just come to a place where now we're just praying because we're supposed to. But we're not really expecting God to answer. It's like reading the word of God. Do we read the word of God and really believe and expect God to speak to us? Or are we reading the word of God because we're supposed to read the word of God? Do we come to church because we expect to encounter the Lord and expect his presence and expect the power of God and expect him to be glorified? Or do we come to church because it's what we're supposed to do, but not really expecting God to do anything? When his word is alive, his word is living and active. And even though maybe at times I may not see it or we may not see it, but doesn't mean his word's not working. It doesn't mean his Holy Spirit is not working. It doesn't mean that he's not in control. He is in control. But over the course of time in any relationship, sometimes that relationship can grow stale if we lose that intimacy and we lose that expectation, if we lose that, that, that drive. And it can happen because it's just day-to-day -day life. You know, it's like a husband and wife. You know, you just day-to-day you -day life, go to work, go home with the kids, this and that, go to school, go here, you know. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, what happened to the intimacy? It's, I'm not even, ex we're not even expecting it now because it's like, well, we have to do this, we have to do that. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a place that you're expecting less. And many times we could do that in our prayer to the Lord. Where are we? And this is just a question to ask Am I expecting God to answer when I pray? And am I expecting? Him to be able to, 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 do I truly believe he can do this? And it's coming with that understanding and recognition that, Lord, I'm not just going to pray to pray, but I'm praying because I believe that you are able to do so. Now, whether you do or not, that's not up to me or you. That's the will of God. It's the acknowledgement of knowing he's in control. But we can come together because the Bible says that he desires to give good things to his children. 
He says, though you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father wants to give you good things. God doesn't want to withhold anything good from you. He loves you. But are we truly expecting it? Or are we just asking for it? Or are we just praying about certain things or praying for different people? But maybe because we see the situation, we because of the relationship or be the circumstance or whatever it is, maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's a change, maybe whatever it may be. But are we really expecting God to answer? I just had a thought. Yeah. Maybe uh, in some instances God will answer your prayer, but in a different way that you want it to be. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, say you're, you're praying for a job. I mean, it's not me. So, <laughs> But anyway, you're praying for a job. It's only two blocks away, but a job comes up. Maybe it's 20 miles. Oh, I don't know if I want to take that job. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've had people turn down the job because uh, they didn't have a ride home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. really? <laughs> That's yeah. the reason. Yeah. And I you're just like, just the, the, everything's there, yeah. you know, and everything that comes with it. But because they don't have a ride home, they're going to turn down the job, yeah. you know. But again, like you said, because it's not how we expect it to be. And we get to see this here with the church because even think about it, even Peter didn't realize that what was happening was real. It, it didn't, you know, he's just thinking this is a vision, you know, and it's a beautiful vision. I'm sure he was joyous until he got out of the prison. Like, oh, wait, this is real. Like, I'm, you know, I'm thank God that the, that the angel told me to get my clothes and my shoes. <laughs> then I would have been out here, you know, like, oh man, you know, and stepping on dirt and all that, you know, it's like, good thing that he listened to the angel with that, you know. And it's just amazing that, you know, that even Peter had this, this place, like, you know, oh, man. And then, like, realize, like, oh, this is real. This is really happening, you know. And that can happen to us many times. We go through our lives and we look at little instances or big instances in our lives. And, again, it's like, well, Lord, how did I even get here? But, Lord, I'm here. I'm still here today, <laughs> you know. Whether it's been serving the Lord for a day or serving the Lord for 20, 30 years or 40, 50, whatever it may be. But, Lord, I'm still here. You still kept me. You've still been faithful to me. You've still been patient with me. And, Lord, I have seen you come through time and time again because you're so good. You're just such a good God. And that's many times, that's just God's faithfulness. That's just his, his sovereignty, his, his authority. That's just his grace and his mercy, his love. You know, God's just like that. Such a good God. You know, that even that we don't even think we're coming through it, but we come through it. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, Lord, you are so amazing because of that. You know, he's amazing anyways, but now it just becomes more for us. And like we talked about that answered prayer, all those now come into effect and we just start to grow because of that trust, because of that waiting, because of that. Okay, Lord, this is you here. And it's just, it's, it's amazing, amazing, amazing. Amen. Any other, any thoughts on that or any other things that anyone would like to add in scripture? Not yet? Okay. <laughs> so let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 1, and we're going to look at verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and verse 6, if somebody would like to read that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and then down to verse 6.
Six. Yeah, one and six. Must believe what? That God exists, right? So if we're going to pray to God, we got to believe he exists, right? Yeah, right? And I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, God has been so faithful. And we've heard, I've heard testimonies, you know, and there's testimonies out there today that people didn't believe in God. And they, they cried out to God and said, God, if you are real, then show me. You know, let me know that you are real. And they've had encounters with God or they've, you know, things have just turned. And because of that, now they believe. You know, but that's just the faithfulness of God. But in a relationship with him and we're going to be coming to him, we have to believe and know that he exists. But it starts with our faith. Faith being the, the what's it called? Faith being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So we're praying in faith, even though we may not have it, even we though we haven't seen the answer yet. But we're praying and believing we do in him and that he's able to. And through that, he teaches us how to learn how to acknowledge he's in control, but he also gives us the peace now to accept his will, whether it is or whether whatever his will may be. But again, in order to please him, we must believe that he is. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. And we need to believe in him. And in that are the rewards. He rewards those who seek him because we're coming to him in faith. God, I know you're greater. I know you're bigger. And it's just coming together and being able to pray for one another. Any thoughts or anything on that one? Sorry. So prayer is basically um, kind of, in a sense, um, we're not the ones with the answer. He is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a fruit of our faith. Yeah. Because just the simple fact that me and you are choosing to pray, that's faith. To be able to say, Lord, you're a big God. I'm going to bring this to you in prayer. I'm going to lift this up, this situation, the circumstance, or this, you know, what I'm praying for. But yeah, it it comes down to that. And, and, but it's all, it's that step of faith. It's that place of, of knowing that, Lord, you have the answers. You are everything. And, but that's an example of our faith. It's like, I mean, because some people may look at you for those that don't believe or don't know God, like, you're crazy, <laughs> you know, like, you know, there's been people that I've asked, you know, oh, can I pray for you? They're like, no, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, like, I'm good. You know, doesn't mean I don't pray for them. I just don't, you know, just, I'll just say a prayer for them on the way out because I believe in God. You know, we believe in God. So we could still pray. You know, I remember one time I went on a visitation one time and we sat with this gentleman and we talked to him, you know, I guess he, he was pretty sick, you know, and, you know, me and another brother asked if we could pray for him. And he says, no, I'm okay. <laughs> and he closed the door on us and we left. But we stood outside the door and we still prayed for him. We prayed that he would come to know the Lord and that he would know that the Lord is God and that he would know him as his Savior. And we left and that was the last time I ever seen that. I don't know what happened to him. I just gave it to the Lord and believed that he was able to deliver and save him. And, you know, and that could seem crazy, but it's but to us that believe it's the power of God. It's like the message of the gospel. It is the power of God. So the fact that you pray, that is huge faith. (laughs) 
because you are believed. It's not a fairy tale. It's not like you're just, you know, like when we're kids and, you know, we believe in things that our parents tell us and stuff like that, good and bad. You know, it's it's now it's a relationship because, you know, in your heart that God, I believe in you, but you change my heart and, and you're real. And I know I'm not just speaking to myself. I'm actually talking to my father, to my Lord, to my God. And so when this started right here, Peter actually sees and and um, the power of God working through this angel and taking him out of prison. Yeah, deliverance, setting him free. And I mean, this is like you're like, wow. Again, we go back to there are more for us than against us. <laughs> you know, servants of the Lord that are doing the bidding and the will of God. You know, and yeah, and, and again, you know, it's it's somebody put here seeing is believing, definitely. Look at Thomas, you know, he saw the Lord, you know, he threw that out there, says, unless I do this and that and that. And Jesus could have said, well, then forget you, Thomas. <laughs> but instead, no, the Lord is merciful. And he, he showed him, he allowed him to be seen that way. And he even told him, here, come and touch. I'm put your finger here. He met him in his doubt. He met him in the doubt, exactly. And it wasn't a fleece. It was just a moment of doubt that Thomas had. Because it's amazing that we we you know we we always look at Thomas's downfall, doubting Thomas. He's been dubbed that name. But what about when Thomas back in you know when uh, when he went to go raise Lazarus from the dead? Thomas was the one that said, "Let us go down and die with him." So we don't we forget about that. We look at the doubting part, and how many times do we do that in our own lives? <laughs> yeah. We we miss our you know the times that we were like, "No nah, man, I was on fire with the Lord." We look at all our doubting times, or we look at everyone else's doubting times. You know. And we could all go through that. You can call me Doubting David many times, you know. And don't do that, but, you know, encourage him. Let's <laughs> encourage one another. But we all get there. But, yeah, I like that. He met him in his doubt. He met him in that place. And and that's what the Lord does for us. And that leads us into, uh, let's go to Mark chapter 9, which, and I'll read this one here, Mark chapter 9. And this is verse 12 to 14. I'm sorry, 21 to 29. Mark chapter 9, verse 21 to 29. And this is the, the man who brought his son that was uh, possessed and um, by a mute spirit. And uh, he brought him to the, to, the, to the disciples and they couldn't deliver him. And he comes down from the mountain. It says in verse 21, and Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And he, it is often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. But look at the man. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind can, cannot be driven out by anything but by prayer. 
And we see here that this man is, I mean, his, this is his son. And his son has been in this position, in this place for so long. You know, a man who, you know, obviously believed in God, you know, believed that he was able to do this, but he was, this had gone on for so long that he was tired. He was just a man that says, I believe, but see, he says, but Lord, help my unbelief. He acknowledged his shortcoming. And there's just times in our lives and our hearts that we have to acknowledge, Lord, help my unbelief, Lord. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I do believe in you. I do trust you, but Lord, help my unbelief in this situation. And we can be honest with the Lord because the Lord already knows. He already knows. But if we're trying to be something and trying to, well, I got to stand by faith, and we do. But if you're hiding and we're hiding the fact that, but I have fear. I'm worried. I have a concern about this situation. You know, all of a sudden, you know, yesterday we got some news about something and it just like all of a sudden this one word was said. And I just I told it this all of a sudden my mind started going crazy and I got this fear that gripped in, you know, and we're just like, what's like this can this can be pretty, you know, this can be dangerous. This can have an effect on us and our family. You know, we were just kind of like, man, and, 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 you know, but just had to come to the place that, Lord, we trust you. You know, and, and by the end of the night, you know, we got some answers and different things and, you know, but it was coming to that place that, Lord, we're going to trust you, you know, through it all. But when you're going through something, it's just like, you know, we have to be honest that, Lord, I'm fearful right now. Lord, I have doubts. Lord, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Lord, you know, we got to be honest with ourselves, but really we're being honest with God. But in that we're acknowledging, but God, I know that you can help me through this. And my deficiencies, in my shortcomings, in my unbelief, Lord, I know that you can help me. And, and, and I'm expecting, Lord, because you're great. You're my dad. You're my father. You're my God. And it, what it does is it takes the pressure and it takes the weight off of us. Like Sunday's message. Sunday's message was supposed to be titled, I'm getting out. And as I shared that, it was like because I was in the places. I was studying for this message. And I said, I'm getting out of this. But through the time of worship, the Lord just ministered to me, and really, I just, I saw it clearly. I said, no, by me saying I'm getting out means I'm putting the responsibility on me. I can't do anything. I can't change anything. I can't even change myself. But I can say, Lord, deliver me. <laughs> Help me out of this. Teach me through this. And he is so faithful that he did. And that's what it's coming to. It's acknowledging our weakness because in our weakness, he has made what? Strong. strong. It's his strength. That's how we learn to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's acknowledging my weakness. Acknowledging our weakness. And sometimes that weakness may be doubts or unbelief. And we see here, like the Pascal said with Thomas, he met him in his doubts. He met this father in his doubts, in his state of unbelief, and he delivered his boy. And what did that do for him? Everything we talked about increased his faith, brought joy, brought acknowledgement. God's in control, the will of God, all these different things. And it was going on for a long period of time. Yeah. Since he was a small child. So this is something the father had seen his son grow and continue to be in this and knew that. That the enemy was trying to kill him. Yeah, and, and it was and throwing him the seizures. So he came to a place where the only one that I think he believed that could do this and even asked if he could. If you can. Was Jesus, <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
I've been there. Lord, if you can. And so sometimes we don't have the patience to wait. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that sometimes the prayer, um, whatever the circumstances where maybe people were praying for, is there is a process that's going on that we don't see and we don't know about of where God is taking this person and positioning him to where he can. His heart and his mind would be open to God. Amen. Yeah. And just prepared him for that. You know, I, I love the one in, in the blind man, you know, when Pete, when Peter asked him, the disciples asked who sinned, yeah. this yeah. man or his or his parents, parents that, that he was born blind. And I mean, he, had been, he was blind for a while. He grew up that way. Mm -hmm. He was born that way. Yeah. You know, and back then, it, they weren't shy about saying you did something. That's why you, yeah. your kid was born yeah. blind. Yeah. I mean, they were rejected. They were, you know, they were talked about. They were, you know, ridiculed. They were made fun of, That's you know, fun. openly. It wasn't like you know so-and-so's here no they were this was they weren't shy about these things you know and you know and so when they asked him this question he says it's neither one of them sin because of it's not because of sin it's so that god can be glorified through his life but see that was a period of over years and many times we don't understand the things that are going on and why there's such lengthy times but it's so that god can be glorified in our lives and the lives of those that we're praying for because he'll get the glory you know, and it may be somebody coming to the Lord right before they go home. And it may be somebody coming to the Lord after we're gone. <laughs> or it may be at that time or there may be things, but it's just trusting God through it. And still, when we find ourselves in that place, being reminded and still expect an answer from God. That's like Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, man, Job went through some stuff. I mean, man, I look at that, I'm like, Wow. They were just having a conversation about Job, you know? Yeah. Like I said, I love how Pastor Daniel put it one time. God, don't be talking about me up there. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to be used as an example as that. But many times we feel that way. And many times, sometimes we are. We're put in some, some, some places that, you know what, what brings forth the glory. Because you know what? We're still trusting God. Amen? God will be glorified. And he's been glorified through your lives, all of our lives. Because we're still trusting and remaining in the faith in him. You know, and this is just a reminder as we're looking at this just to encourage us that we're not the only ones. Even the church back then, they, they went through this. And this was a praying church. They were being persecuted. The church was, you know, spreading. I mean, Paul was delivered and, you know, all of these different things. But they still went through a, a time that they had to learn. So Mark 11, verse 12 to 14 and 20 through 26. I'm going to read these. Mark 11, verse 12 to 14. And 20 through 26, it says, On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry and seen in the distance a fig tree and leaf. He went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Now we'll jump down to 20. It says, As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. 
And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So see, he's talking about we have to believe. So it's not just praying because we're supposed to, but it's praying with faith and believing. We're reading the word of God because we faith and believing. We're coming to church because of faith and believing. We're living our lives because faith and believing in God. And this is where it's just like, wow, Lord. But in these moments, we could be reminded of this. And because the reality of it is, how many of us know that God is able to do far more than we could ever imagine? You ever think that maybe sometimes our prayers are just too small? I mean, let's, let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. I couldn't go without reading the whole thing. So this is actually our scripture for the youth too. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from heaven, from every family in heaven on, and on earth, his name that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that works within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay. So let's hold on to this right here because Lord, we need your help. Sometimes when our prayers maybe are just, we're not maybe believing big enough. Because, God, you are able to do far more and abundantly, even, even more than what we ask. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that because, you know what, I can, only, I can only think of so many things. I can only think of so many words. I can only think of certain ways to pray. You know, it's, it's amazing. We pray for somebody for healing, but we only know certain parts of the body, you know. But he knows every part of the body. He knows every function. He knows every inner internal organ that is in there. And he knows how to reach it. He knows how to heal it. He's the one that created it. He knows so much more than we do. So it's amazing that even some in our prayers, we were praying and we're praying with our own comprehension. We're praying how we know how to pray. This is all I can, this part as far as I can think, Lord, I can't, you know, I can't imagine anymore. But I thank God that his word says that he does far more abundantly. Then that all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. So he's not knocking us for not being able to. I mean, come on, God, you're the Lord of the heavens. You know, you're God, creator of all of heaven and earth. It's, you know, I, of course, I'm not going to comprehend everything, you know, but we do grow in it as we learn in our relationship with him. So we're seeing this here. And maybe we, we might get to a place to where, well, God, how do I do this? How do I get to this place just to have that faith in you, to get back to that place or to be in that place? When I find myself in a place that I'm praying, but because I'm supposed to. And there's sometimes nothing wrong with that. We do have to press in. We got to endure and persevere so we can get through it. But it's getting back to that place that, Lord, it's more than this. Because we don't want to stop praying. We don't want to stop reading our word. We don't want to stop assembling together. But it's trusting God through it all. 
But the best thing we can do is start from the beginning. How are we saved today? What did we do? We put our faith in God. And we believe in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. So when we find ourselves, in the, and if we believe that, then Lord can help us to believe him in for everything else. Because how can we believe that, but yet not believe him for everything else? Because I think um, sometimes what, um, sometimes it's easier to believe in the faith of salvation and stuff, but I think that what goes along with that is the, the change of mind, mm -hmm. the renewing oh, yeah. of the mind. That's the and, work. And the way that you, the only way to do that is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and through his word. Amen. And, um, and him, like in Peter's case, um, revealing things to him and showing him on a personal um, level. Because everybody's different and stuff. So a lot of it has to do with how you think Amen. and where your mind is at and the action that goes behind that. Because a lot of times, you know, we'll tell people you need to repent stuff but repentance in the Greek actually means a change of mind so you have to change your mind because God is the one who changes the heart that's right and and believing and trusting in God for everything and stuff so you have to get yourself into a place where you can um, learn his word and have a personal relationship with Jesus and the word through the whole New Testament tells us that relationship that he had with everybody because this relationship with Peter was different, with John it was different, with James it was different because he knew all their personalities and how they were and how they thought. You know, part of them were one was a tax man, the others were, you know, fishermen and from different walks of life and stuff, but yet he brought them together, you know, for his glory and stuff. So a lot of it has to do with what's in your mind. Yeah. It's our thought process and how we think, you know, and our thoughts, our, our mind and our thinking and our way of thinking can, you know, will hinder our relationship with God, our belief. And that's one of the things, you know, he says, you know, by fasting and prayer, because many times we just got to get our minds off ourselves and our ways and our situations. And what that does is it puts us in a place and allows us to have to seek him for the strength, for the wisdom, for the guidance. What we're doing is we're setting ourselves aside so we can have his mind and be led by his spirit. But that's part of the growing. That's definitely part of it. And it, that's what I'm saying. It, you, it does take work. We have to get in this word. We, we have to push ourselves so then for our minds can change. But we don't change our mind. He does it. If we believe that this is his word. If we allow his Holy Spirit to now start to help us to see so he can teach us, as she said, through, through the teaching of the word of God, through the fellowship together, through the reading of the word of God. Because it's the word of God that now those little parts that start to make sense. You're like, oh, okay. That's what the word talks about. The yeah. limitations that we're going to have, the desires we're going to have. Oh, yeah. You know, the things that are going to come our way. This, the word just it, it warns us. It tells us. Well, even in this one, this is a dangerous teaching. And I'll tell you why. Because we're selfish people. Yeah. <laughs> we're prideful people. <laughs> you know, and we could take this. And I can actually take this. We could take this. And we can make it say what we want. See, God wants me to have everything. <laughs> now I'm going to go over here and I'm going to, you know, declare this. And we start to use this for our benefit. 
But again, it's not, it's according to his will. Our job, our duty, and our responsibility in this relationship is to have faith in God and to believe in him that he's able to do so. And don't get me wrong, there are things upon, yes, we can we can speak life, we can declare, and you know, it's okay to want things and to have desires, but it's not to fulfill so I can be glorified and I can see this and that. No, it's so that he's glorified because it's all about him. So we can take it both ways, but again, it's looking to his word and allowing him to teach us. But when we read his word also, are we expecting God to speak to us? You know, one of the best things we can do when we read the word of God is don't worry about how many chapters, how many verses you read. Just ask God, Lord, speak to me through this. I believe it's your word. Simple. And you just believe him to bring it forth. If he does in that time, great. If he doesn't, that's okay, too. You keep doing it. And believe me, eventually, you're going to see him in it. Because he's alive. He's real. But what's going on is there's going to change in here and in here so you can see him through it. Because now it's no longer, Lord, I wanted to say what I wanted to say. What are you saying? So I can receive it. That takes a little time, though, because, you know, we got some, some stuff in there. You know, it's got to it's gotta be broken down. You know, that's those tearing away. We don't even realize it, but God's doing the work. <laughs> yeah, I got my, I got my moments. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, Lord, help me, you know, but it's those little areas and those little places. And it's the same in prayer. You know, sometimes we're just praying and praying, praying through it. But doesn't mean that God's not working. He's actually doing a work within us. And he's teaching us and showing us how to trust him, how to come through it and to learn how to say, OK, Lord, nevertheless, I'm going to keep pushing through. I'm going to keep enduring. I'm going to keep persevering. I'm not going to stop praying. And I'm still expecting, God, you're able to do so. And I'm coming to expectancy. I'm coming to service on Sunday in expectancy. I'm coming to Bible study in expectancy. I'm driving my car in expectancy because, Lord God, I know you're able to. And that's an amazing thing. Amen. Let's go to, back to Acts chapter 12. And we're going to go to verse 12. And we're going to now just, you know, we pretty much went over everything that we read here. But I just want to look at a couple of things here and, and looking at this here and so we're looking at Acts 12, verse 12 through 17. And this is what we're talking about. Now we're talking about this church, an answered prayer, but maybe they weren't expecting an answer. <laughs> and we're gonna, you know, they probably were you know, we're going to look at why right now. So, so it says, when he realized this, and when he's referring to he is talking about Peter. And so Peter realizes this. Now he re remembered, he recognizes like, oh man, this is real. <laughs> so this actually happened. I'm out of jail. So when he finally realized this and he became, he understood and he became aware that he was delivered, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Now, many believe that this is Mark, the one who wrote the gospel of Mark. And in the next three chapters, we're going to see a lot more about Mark and how he was with Paul and Barnabas. But because of a disagreement that has to do with Mark, we also see Paul and Barnabas split, you know. But then we see Paul and Mark, re, you know, back together, which, you know, could have been a reason. You know, Lord had a reason for it. And, and at the end, he ends up going with Peter. He ends up being with Peter. So you see Mark, you know, kind of going through some things. But also, it's also believed that Mark was the one disciple that in the book of Mark, he doesn't say his name by name, but it's also believed that he's the one that runs away. And then they, when they get the tunic, he ends up running away naked. 
you know, so many believe that that's actually Mark referring to himself as the young man, but didn't want to put his name in there, you know, because it's, <laughs> it's embarrassing. So, you know, but that's the thought and that's the belief. So it's up to you what you take with that. But I just, I find that interesting. I was always sticks in my mind. So, you know, but you get to see the process of Mark as well. You get to see the growth. You get to see, we're going to see the changes through Mark's life. And, and as he's mentioned throughout different areas in here. So, you know, and that's found actually in Mark chapter 14, verse uh, 51 through 52. Now, keep in mind, back in these days, they didn't have church buildings. They weren't meeting in church buildings. Synagogues were not churches. We may use those as examples and stuff like that, but synagogues were not churches. They were synagogues. They were meant for the Jewish religion, for the traditions and all these different things. And this is what it was taught. Jesus taught in the synagogues. But, you know, they didn't realize they were becoming Christian, but, you know, it's... You know, the gospel was being preached, but still there were no churches yet or there wasn't, very, you know, churches really established. You couldn't just say, hey, you know, um, go to the church over here at the corner of that uh, cactus and that palm tree or whatever it is. I said because it was desert. You know, I could think of. You know, but it was like, you know, now we can we can. I mean, right here is a church and we drive a little bit down. There's another church right here. You know, then there's another church, but I don't know what kind of church it is. And then there's another church over here. <laughs> you know, you can go up here to Firestone, you go to Imperial, you can go to all these There's churches everywhere. You know, but that's not how it was back then. They were meeting in homes. They were meeting in homes. And this was the mother of Mark. And many believe that this is actually the home that was big enough that they could have actually had the Passover in. Now, there's no direct connection, but it's just a thought and, you know, a belief that this could have still been that same home. But what I love about how, how one, one um, commentary put it, that we look at church buildings today and we say, oh, but reality is when you look at the church, the buildings today, that's the place where the church meets. I like how that was put. The buildings are like our, this church here, the building here. This is where the church meets because we are the church. We are the church. We make it the church by the presence of God, by the word of God, by the foundation of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's a church. Don't get me wrong. We have a sign and everything. But, <laughs> but we make it a church. You know, it amazes me because I look over here and I, I grew up going to the house of Stephanus, which was just right here over the railroad tracks. It was in a truck yard at a men's home, all these different things. And now I drive by it so many years later because they moved there, you know, in a different place now. And I drive by and I say, wow, that used to be a church. But it, it's not that the building was a church. That was the building where the church met. The people there made it the church. And now they're in a different place that makes it the church. We're meeting here. This makes it the church. And, you know, and this is a challenge for those watching us online that, you know, have not been able to make it in or, or you know, you know, watching us online, stuff like that. But, you know, I know it's been a, and we should always assemble as the brethren and never stop assembling as a brethren. But, you know, also during this time, not just here, but all across the world, many that are meeting in home, you know, many that are watching online. My prayer is, is Lord. You know, okay, that's a meeting. That's also the church because it's a group of people. But how many people are inviting people maybe? You know, maybe that you can't get to church, but since you're watching at home right now anyways, why not invite one person? You know, like, hey, why don't you come over to my house, you know, and grow. You know, we can also have – there's there's ways to have church like that as well. I'm not saying it's the best way, you know, but it's a way. It's We're the church. And you know it, and so that's what the church is. And so right here when they're praying, we're seeing this being established. We're seeing them coming together. That's where they were always coming together because it was the church coming together. And wherever they were at was the church. Wherever we're at together, it's the church because we are the church. And so this is an amazing thing. So this is where Peter goes. 
He goes, man, I'm going to church. I'm going to go to the place where they're praying. I'm going to go to where I know everyone is at. You know, so, you know, this is an encouragement for all of us. But let's look at verse 13. It says, and when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer him. Recognizing Peter's voice and her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. So she didn't go right away and open this like you tell your kids, don't open the door, you know, and then they go and they open the door, but you're not supposed to. And it's because, you know, you want them to be careful. Well, think about it. This is time of persecution. They still killed James and they're, you know, persecuting the church. Stephen had already been martyred, you know, all these different things. So someone's knocking on the door. Rhoda's not going to just open the door. You know, they have to use wisdom. They have to be wise. I mean, they're, well, they're, a, they're, the, they're the early church, man. They were spiritual. Yeah, but they were always they were also using the wisdom of God. You know, just because they're a mighty church and God was doing great works to them, they still needed to use wisdom. You know, even as the apostles were doing many, you know, things and the Lord was doing many things, they still had to use wisdom. There was times they were hiding. There were times that they had to get out of town. There was times Jesus had to get out of town. He says, no, they're going to try to, you know, they're trying to kill him. You know, try to push him off a cliff. <laughs> That's the townspeople. It wasn't even the Pharisees. Those were the townspeople. You know, there are many times they wanted to stone them, you know, and it's like, so there are times that we have to use the wisdom of God. Just because we use wisdom doesn't mean we're a, a scared church or you have no faith. No, it's the wisdom of God. Exactly. You know, so they were still using wisdom here. So Rhoda doesn't open the door right away. And not only that, Rhoda's response to this is so joyous. Like she got, the, you know, like, well, this is Peter. We were just praying about that. You know, they heard, you know, we're doing. And she, instead of opening the door, she runs and tells everybody, you know, she is so excited. You ever have that moment? You get so excited. You're just like, man, you just forgot what you were doing. And she goes and she runs and tells everybody about that it's Peter. Now, this was the church that was earnestly praying. This was the church that was earnestly praying for the deliverance of Peter. But look at the response in verse 15. It says, they said to her, you are out of your mind. <laughs> Come on. That's, Rhoda's excited. She hears Peter's voice and tell her, they tell her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel. Think about it this way. They might have already assumed that Peter was already dead. Because they didn't know what happened. It wasn't like it was on the news or anything like that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, there was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. None of that. It was, he's, you know, there's no Netflix documentary. You know, he was taken to jail. They had just killed James. In their hearts, they could have been thinking, man, Peter's already dead. They could have already been praying for the peace, you know, different things. You know, they may have been praying for the deliverance of Peter, but they could have also been praying for the will of God and just accepting, Lord, whatever happens out of this, give us the wisdom, the guidance, the direction, or Lord, protect us. But we see in this response that when this answer came and Peter's delivered, they, they're just like, no, you're out of your mind, Rhoda. We see the frailty. We see the humanity in this church. We see the humanity that, man, they, they were still learning. There were still things they would have to learn. And many times we may find ourselves in that place, like, like Nancy brought out, where it's like just like an unbelief, like a wow, like, no, it's like, you know, this can't be, you know, like, God, really? You know, like in a good way, but at the same time, it's because of our, the way we think. And, you know, the, I guess you could say the sticky thinking. It's like when our, when our mind is, is just so clouded, we even find ourselves even questioning God, even when the answer's there. 
even when when he when the breakthrough's there, even when it's like God's doing a great thing, and yet we still find ourselves in a place where we're clouded. You know, they were still learning about how things work. When they said it is his angel, you know, they're looking at maybe they thought he turned an angel, maybe they, they saw it as his spirit, you know, or something in that matter. But regardless, they did not believe that this was the real Peter. They were earnestly praying, but were they really expecting God to answer in such a way? But thank God that he is able to do far more abundantly all that we could ever dare to even ask. And we see that here when Peter is delivered. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. You know what's amazing is, is that Peter just walked out of prison, chains broken, gates open, let out by an angel. But yet he goes to a house that the door is closed and he can't get in. You know what I love about this is the fact that Peter didn't become extra super spiritual now. He didn't become, you know, like, well, I just broke out of prison, so door, you're going to open. Because it had nothing to do with him. It was God that delivered him. It was God that set him free. And it was God that brought him out. And obviously, Peter was still afraid because he leaves. <laughs> Yeah, he leaves. So we see here that just because God does a great miracle, a great breakthrough, or great things through our lives does not make us any greater. It's God's greatness. We're still human. We're still, you know, we still need the, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. So if God answers prayers and God, you know what, God does the miracle, God does these things, great. Glory to God. We're just the vessels. We're just the vessels. But what that does is it brings glory to God. But they're amazed. They're greatly surprised. You said that earlier. They were, they were greatly surprised. They were astonished. Yeah. And remember, Peter was the same way. He was in shock. But see, we remember that all things are possible for him. And we close up with this verse here, but motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. I love how one person put it. Even though this was a great miracle, Peter still needed to use common sense. Because he could have easily been, like I say, he could have walked up there, open door, Jesus' name. <laughs> you know? I got the faith right now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm full of God right now. <laughs> Bow down. <laughs> you know? But that's not what he did. He's, he knocked. <laughs> can't, can't get that door open. And they left him out there. But not only that, he realized they're going to be looking for him. He got out of prison. They're not going to just, you know, and many could believe, well, man, that was a lack of faith on Peter. He just didn't believe God. If God delivered you from this, then why are you running away? How come you're hiding? Don't you have faith? No, he was using common sense. God broke me out of jail, took me out. They're going to be looking for me. And they're not going to be looking for me to give me a trial. <laughs> they want to kill me. 
And there will be times in our life that we have to we have to use common sense. We always we never lose account responsibility of using wisdom and common sense in our lives. Because that's our responsibility. We have our parts. And we still have to be wise and you know with what God has entrusted us with. And it's knowing that he's in control. And we see this here in Peter, and Peter leaves. But before he goes, he tells them to share these things, to encourage the brethren. And in that, we know that James became, this was the half-brother of Jesus. He became a prominent leader in the church, even to the point where it seems that he was also an apostleship because he also wrote the book of James. And we see him throughout Scripture as one of those that's in, in leadership in a place. And now he becomes the one that is in leadership over Jerusalem because Peter, they're not sure if he ended up in Antioch or Rome, but James was the one that now was leading the church in Jerusalem. But he tells them to tell these things to James. And by telling James, James would share it with the brethren. And that word would spread about how God came through to that earnest prayer and brought deliverance and freedom. And it can encourage us even today that when we pray, let us expect an answer. Let us ex expect an answer. And as the word of God says in John 20, verse 30 through 31, it says, there are many other things that Jesus did, but if all of them were to be written down, there would not be enough room in this world to hold it. But the things that have been written down are so that you will believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And this is one of those areas, well, all of them are, but definitely one of prayer and answer prayer, that we may believe and know that he is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to encourage us that as we earnestly pray, that we pray expecting an answer from God and knowing, God, you're able to. And putting that, leaving that on him because we know that he's in control. Amen. Thoughts, comments, questions. <laughs> I like that what you said about common sense. Uh, I just thought of an incident where every now and then you hear of somebody running across the freeway because their car is over there. Well, even if you ask prayer to make it across, you know, there's still, you got to use wisdom and either use your phone or wait till somebody comes to where you're at, you know, even if it's on. You know, people do, in, in a panic, people do some weird things, you know. Yeah, definitely. Thinking they're going to be safe, so you, whatever you do, even if you ask God to get you to the other side, you know, you're still, that still you're still responsible you're... for the common sense. Definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I agree. I used that example with the youth many years ago with the rich kids. We were talking about the one where the temptation of Jesus, throw yourself down and these, you know, the angels will lift you up. But it was more of how you're tempting God. So I asked him a question. I said, OK, so if I go right now and I run in the middle of the street and I tell God to protect me, is God responsible to protect me for just running out in the middle of the street, and, you know, and saying, well, God's going to protect me. I said that would be testing God because God didn't put me in that situation. He's not, he's not, he's not responsible to keep me. He's not responsible to keep that word because 
that was me not using common sense or wisdom. That wasn't right. It wasn't wise. I mean, I thank God for all the times that, you know, you do make bad decisions. He's still merciful and gracefully getting us through. But it's just that type of place. So, yeah, I agree. It's that common sense, but that we are definitely responsible for. Don't tempt the Lord. Don't tempt the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, uh, Sister Karen is asking for prayer for Val and Matt. Um, they're getting a little bit worse, so definitely we're going to pray. Uh, continue in, in, uh, in um, earnest prayer. And anyone else, I'm not sure if anyone else had anything on there as well, but we are definitely going to pray. I'm looking over here right now. But we know that God is definitely uh, in control. So as we pray tonight, uh, we're going to lift up some prayer requests tonight as well. And, um, you know, does anybody see any prayer requests on there? If you're online right now, just as we... Oh, praying for Julie. We're going to pray. Yes, we're going to continue praying for you, Sister Julie. We're praying for you. And we're earnestly praying. Amen. We believe in the Lord. And, and uh, we know we're believing for, for his, you know, for an answer and for healing, complete healing. And that. So, so we know our God's able. We know our God's able. Amen. And uh, we'll give a little more time here. Amen. Well, we I see this also here. Prayer request for Brother Don. He's really very weak. That's Sister Rosalind's brother. So definitely we're going to be praying. So we're going to go ahead and close the stream today, but we will be praying. Feel free to pray with us, those that are online with us. Um, even though we close the stream, we're still praying. You can pray along with us from where you're at. Amen. God bless you.